Welcome to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. We are back on Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me is Steve Balsheri and Derek Havens. It's been a long time, guys. We are back to do a show. We are going to be talking Patriots. We are going to be talking about free agency is upon us. We'll be sharing our thoughts about what the Patriots might do in free agency and then what they could potentially be doing in the draft. I'm sure Steve and Derek have some thoughts on that. Before we go on any further, please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. Leave a rating. It does help other Patriots fans find us. And also, please do subscribe to the PatsFans.com YouTube channel. Please do. Let's get that going as well. Okay, guys. Let's get to it. We have several Let's get topics. to it. Congratulations to Derek. Well, well let's let's go there. Derek is <laughs> now you. a married man. How you doing, Derek? I'm good. I'm as tired as ever. So I guess that's what that's, married yeah. life is like. Well, that, that married with the, the territory now, brother. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Appreciate you guys. I'm glad I'm glad to be here talking with you guys. Okay, good. So we're glad you're back. We are too. So I have several topics for us. Also, I'm going to be adding a couple topics from a friend of Steve's who actually listens to the show. I'm going to be sharing some of the topics that he emailed to you, Steve, and we'll be talking about that as well. That'll be in the second half of the show. We have a lot to get to. So I thought to get us going, I know how much you guys like following the combine. So why don't we get going on there? We have a lot to talk about in regards to free agency. We'll get to that in a second. Derek, I'll give you first crack at the combine. What stood out for you? And then I'll go to Steve. Um, <clears throat> what stood out for me was uh, just an incredibly um, interesting class. Uh, obviously, uh, the, the four the four top quarterbacks really showed out. Uh, kind of interesting there, it, and that will affect the Patriots just because they're picking at fourteen. So the, you know, the quarterback shuffle in the top ten is going to obviously push guys down the board. Um, you know, I don't know if Anthony Richardson will go in the top 13 above the Patriots, but given his, you know, his raw potential and his explosive testing numbers, I mean, he's got a good chance now. So you're going to have a couple of guys going ahead of you. You know, you got three quarterbacks going ahead of the Patriots, no matter what. Um, you know, I thought that even though there's not a top receiver, I think that there's a really good kind of middle class receiver, you know, depth in this, uh, with, with this rookie class coming in, you know, there's not like a guy that I think you'll for sure be locked into the top 20, but I think you'll have a plenty of guys that will go somewhere between 20 and like 80. Uh, and, uh, you know, from an edge and a cornerback standpoint, I think that you have a tremendous amount of depth. Uh, in this class and for the Patriots specifically, it'll be interesting and free agency will obviously change this quite a bit. And I know we've talked about some of their top needs with, with tackle and corner and edge. Well, you know, corner and edge, like I just said, real deep, depending on how they address it. I'm, I'm just, I told Steve and I might've told you this for us yesterday too, off air when we spoke on the phone, but uh, I'm starting to lean more and more, against them taking a tackle at 14 not against it in terms of like i, I would dislike it i'm just start, starting to think more and more they're gonna spend money on a veteran tackle and take a young cornerback early that's the way i'm leaning right now it's only march 8th but you know that is just kind of where my head's at at this moment coming out of that uh combine weekend. okay interesting take on the combine and 
the direction where Derek thinks it's going to go with for the Pats, and we'll talk about what that means in regards to free agency, but we'll get to that in a second. Steve, your thoughts on what Derek just shared on what he took out of the combine and yourself. Yeah. I, I once again, I, I mean, uh, I, I agree with everything he said and, you know, I think Anthony Richardson, you know, he wasn't a quarterback that I had going very early, but if there's a guy who helped himself at the Under Armour Olympics, as we always <laughs> No, it's no bull. It's no bull, Mastin. I think he really did. I mean, you know, um, I thought he showed out really well overall. And, uh, you know, it's that's always a big thing. Every year we have a couple of guys that really help themselves and some guys that don't. I mean, some guys don't test well. So we'll have to see. But, um, you know, overall, I think there's starting to be a little downturn in interest. Of the combine, you're seeing more and more of it. A lot of the head coaches aren't going. Uh, Bill Belichick wasn't there this year. He wasn't alone. There was uh, several other head coaches that didn't go because they feel like they can get more done, you know, uh, at, at home station. Uh, they obviously, every team has scouts and other coaches there. But, you know, um, I think teams are more interested in pro days now. And, you know, they just still – the tape doesn't lie because, you know, you can test the guy's physical skills and his measurables, and that's always important because I think a lot of colleges inflate guys. You know, they say, oh, this guy's 6'3", 250, and then at the combine, he's like, well, he's 6'1 and a half, 240. <laughs> yeah, where'd that come from? You know, I think we've seen that quite often as well. But um, overall, I thought it was good. I mean – I just miss some of the combines we had earlier. I just, I just really liked it when they had Mike Mayock there. I mean, that was he's my favorite of all those guys. Okay, very interesting stuff on the combine. And uh, I've also noticed that there hasn't been as much interest as uh, in years past. And I think you guys both described a little bit about that, and Steve shared his thoughts on the fact that Belichick wasn't there. That is a telling tale. But um, it'll be interesting to see how that affects the draft, and we'll have think, draft talk. Can I just forward. share one small thing? Just Go ahead. What, Go ahead, know, Just based off what you just said, you know, a lot of people made a big deal that Belichick wasn't there. And I, I, I can understand why it's newsworthy, but I don't think it's really news, if that makes any sense. Like, I can understand somebody like a beat writer – that he's not there but you know the the tape is ultimately the biggest thing the combine all it really does is just be like okay this guy looks really fast on tape i wonder what he runs the 40 yard dash in what's his three cone what does he what does he really weigh what is he really measured at all those in things, the medical oh, oh yeah and and of course yes thank you that was my next point oh the medicals, <laughs> no 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 you're right on it the medicals are the most important thing and all those numbers do is just either make either affirms what you are seeing on tape or or has you something either surprisingly good or bad to have you recheck the tape to double check things. Anything that was that goes on there, Bill can see and doesn't really need to be there for. If he really is interested in a player and he wants to see a player in person to see how they move in person, he'll go to the pro day. He'll have them in for a private workout. 
Like, so I do think that was a bit overblown, Russ. You know, I just felt like I felt like that whole story. It's, you know, if you want to say, you know, uh, anything about the players, I, I think it's a bigger disadvantage for for free agency. If anything, I would make the argument for that because of all the players players agents that are there and all the late dinners and and the and the and the elbow rubbing and the rumor mill scuttlebutt like i almost think the i almost think the free agency stuff hurts you more than actually players coming out i thought that was a really overblown story russ okay very interesting okay well talk about another story since we're talking about that sure because this goes along with talking about free agency and this is just my opinion guys so let's just Use this uh, as an interesting topic. There was a NFL players poll, and this is blown up here as yeah. being a massive story. I think, honestly, it's a bunch of crap. Now, can you get something out of it? Sure. But it was used here, and it would only be used here in a negative light. There were some positives to come out of that. I didn't hear much about the positives with the Patriots' ratings here, but there were some Real big talking points, and one that basically the media got wrong because there was a whole thing in, about the Patriots with their weight room, and I think it was Mark Daniels that wrote that the Patriots are redoing their weight room right now. They're actually doing it right now with the improvements. So that might have been part of this whole NFL players poll and rankings, but the part with the travel just blew me away because they – fly in a private plane and all this stuff. But again, the only problem I have with this is it's the entire, it's uh, probably the, all the players. So how many of the players actually play for the Patriots? Yeah. It, so, it, I, I felt like the survey was interesting and I can understand the talking points surrounding it, but okay. I felt like it lacked a little context because you had 1300 players, but it, to your point, Russ, was it, the same number of players for each team was it relatively close like was it 7 for the patriots and 40 for the ravens like I don't, I don't know I, I don't i don't know like the cardinals <laughs> the cardinals came out looking like absolute clowns in this thing the patriots i was very confused by a lot of their rankings to your point they got a what was it a d d plus for the for travel for travel they had two of their own for they had two of their own planes well elaborate is it you know, I mean, I, I don't I, I just felt like it needed a little bit more context for what it, for for how in depth it was. I, I, I don't think it. Lacked yeah. We do, and we you know, the one thing like you're Go talking ahead. about is how were the questions framed? Sure. Sure. You know, when they're talking about travel was one of the complaints with certain players on certain teams about distances they have to travel, you know. Okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you don't know. It just says travel, you know, and then they have a letter grade. Well, like you said, they have their own aircraft, and every seat on that aircraft is a first class seat. Those exactly. guys aren't, they're not Very squeezed spaced. into, you yeah. know, yep. they're not squeezed into the like economy seats. So, and, and, I, have been told, and I have been told, and I have been told by, by someone who is on the plane that it's not even like normal first class. Like they're even a little bit more spaced out. They have more leg room than, than even a first class one. They, that I, I it, to your point, to your point, it's like, I just wish we had, if they're going to release this information to the public, I just wish they would give us a little bit more context or context on the actual question, because I feel like the players 
obviously we're given more detail, but to release it to the public, it almost does you a disservice to not give us more context. Like what? Right. So yeah, again, because we're on the point, why is the travel bad? Is it the, it, 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 for the Patriots specifically, just hypothetically, like, is it, is it the food? Is it the service? Is it because they make you wait there for an hour before they take off? Like, what, what's the what, what's the reasoning behind? It? I don't know. I just thought the, it was a weird it, Russ. It was a really weird. It was a really yeah. weird talking point because it, I it felt was, like it made yeah. a lot of teams look bad, and I'm not even sure it was really well deserved because I'm not sure that it was given with. I felt like we were not given all the information, and I don't know if we were or not, but I it didn't feel like we were. It turned into here about talking about how the Patriots spend their money on the improvements of Gillette Stadium. Mm -hmm. And it's ridiculous to have a conversation, to listen to a conversation, even for 30 seconds, which I did by accident, <laughs> hearing about talk about how big the Patriots' new lighthouse is going to be and how that has affected everything, how they spend their money. And I'm thinking mm -hmm. this is how ridiculous it is. And it's yep. based well, on this NFL players poll. And it, I think, was just taking – any way that they could here to just take another shot at the paths. And well, that's typical. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I, one of the things that I found, I don't know. I thought it was a little intriguing that the weight room and I just caught glimpses of it during my yep. time there. Um, I mean, it looks like, I mean, it from the few little glimpses I saw, cause Obviously, nobody from the media is allowed in there. It looked like state-of-the-art stuff. Absolutely. I've but, walked but, through it, Steve. I actually had a little bit of a tour, and I got to see the weight room. Yeah, you did. But, but yet the nice. training staff scored high marks. And I'm like, I, I would think those two go hand-in-hand. Hand. If your training staff is getting high marks, then wouldn't you would think the facilities would – be kind of like hand in hand right. I, I maybe i'm way off on that i just thought that was you know when i was looking through that again like derek said we're not getting the full context no we're not derek's right you know but this. i just thought that was kind of intriguing from that aspect that you know the weight room scored so low yeah and yet the training staff scored pretty high i, I think it was in the b range but i don't remember the exact grade but I think it was in the B range, either B. But minus. you know what, Steve? That's been scrutinized to why it's not an A here, because that was actually <laughs> looked as a negative. I'm not kidding. Well, I'll tell you the two the the two things that came out from a non Patriots standpoint. Go ahead. The two man. things that came out the worst were the Ravens medical or the Ravens training staff, and the fact that the Cardinals make their players pay for dinner. That's crazy. <laughs> so yes. Yeah. So the Cardinals. It came out that if if the players want dinner, they just they they don't make them literally hand them cash. They just take it out of their paycheck, oh. which on the surface, you would say, well, what's the big deal? These guys, you know, make a lot of money. Well, some of them make a lot of money. <laughs> some of them don't. But so I mean, they all they're all not going you know starving, obviously. Yeah. But but it's funny. It's like, you know, you'd think the team would want to incentivize guys to i don't know hang it out to practice watch film work out be around the facility <laughs> these guys are yeah, making and pay for food with, with the out. people they have on staff now they have nutritionists and, oh, yeah. and people like that you'd i think you would want your players eating <laughs> you 
what your nutritionist is putting out for them. Exactly. Right. And not so making them pay for it, I think, is incentive for them to eat either at home or elsewhere. Yep. Because it's like, yeah, maybe the nutritionist is putting healthy stuff on his plate and this guy wants to go down and eat a sack full of ribs. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I saw and I saw on, you know literally on, on Twitter, on Twitter, I literally saw three or four different Ravens players, including former Raven, current Patriot Matt Judon, talk about how they didn't like the Ravens training and medical staff and, and rehab specialists um, because I saw multiple players say that they felt like they their injuries were did not progress as well as they would have if they were somewhere else. So I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I, I, yeah, I definitely and, thought it was interesting. Okay. You know, when I saw that at, at first, I, I was thinking, well, maybe some of the players, because they the Ravens did have a, a slew of injuries last year, mm-hmm. that maybe, the, you know, it was just frustration from last year talking where, they had all these injuries and guys were upset, and, you know, because we heard that about the Patriots training staff a few years ago. I want to say maybe six years ago where when they were having all these injury issues and there was complaints about the training staff then in New England. But I don't know. It's it was a it was an intriguing poll, but it left you with more questions than answers. I, think. I totally agree. Okay, interesting, and uh, I just found it fascinating that it basically for three days here was really the talk around here, not just uh, it was in surprising. print, but it was everywhere. It was uh, on the media, social media, it was everywhere. It was everywhere, but I'm glad that Derek also mentioned, obviously, that it affected other teams, including Cardinals mm-hmm. where he lives, so that's interesting. All right, guys, before we really break down free agency, there's one topic I want to really get to because I think it could take us to some interesting conversational talk here in regards to what do the Patriots do this season? Because I want to focus on the offense. It's going to talk about the quarterback. And it's also going to talk about the history of the Patriots under Belichick. So here it is. Do the Patriots need a number one receiver? Now, I'm going to share my thoughts on it. I want to talk to both of you about it, get your thoughts. I heard you guys talking about potentially on a – on an episode making a trade for, say, T. Higgins. There's been talk about DeAndre Hopkins. Steve, you just mentioned that. I'm completely against all of it, and I'm going to explain why. I'm not against them getting a wide receiver. I think the Patriots need a slot receiver in the worst possible way. Worst possible way. That's where they need. They need a slot receiver. That should be the number one need when we're talking about wide receiver. That's just my thoughts. But the bigger picture, and Derek, you and I talked about this, so I'll I'll share a little bit, has to do with Mac Jones. It has to do with everything going on with, I understand how the league is now becoming more wide receiver-centric, get the weapons, where instead of the quarterback being the focal point, it actually becomes the weapons. I think that's asked backwards. I think it has to be about the quarterback, meaning it should be about the quarterback raising the play of the weapons around him. The players around to make them better. We have the best example, yes, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. There are many quarterbacks. The best quarterbacks, I believe, raise the play around them, the players around them, make them better. So I think in the case of some wide receivers coming in, we could talk about the situation in Minnesota. Let's be honest here. He's making Kirk Cousins a better quarterback. 
Let's just call it what it is. Josh Allen. Now, Josh Allen is a very good quarterback. Derek, you and I disagree if he's a lead. I only think there's one truly quarterback, and that's Patrick Mahomes. But I think that giving him that weapon has masked some of the issues that we see with Josh Allen. And I think now we're seeing it when he doesn't have the right coaching behind him. I think that Josh Allen is a very good quarterback, but I think he's a gunslinger, as you and I talked about. When we talk about Mac Jones, I don't want them to give him that number one receiver because I don't know how good he is, Derek. I want him to show us how good he is. And if you give it to him, you potentially mask how good he actually is. We need to know how talented he is. We need to know if Mac Jones can raise the play of the players around him. If there's a Julian Edelman out there now on the roster, can he make Julian Edelman better? Can he make Danny Amendola better? Can he make Dion Branch better? Because I'm telling you, Tom Brady did. So this is where I'm going on this. I understand why fans want the number one receiver, but I think that it is a situation where you will get better with the number one receiver, but then eventually I think it could come back to bite you in the ass. This is why I don't want the number one receiver. Derek, I'll go to you first. Um, I think you're... I think the logic behind what you're saying, I'll tell you the same thing I told you yesterday. I think the logic behind what you're saying makes a lot of sense uh, in terms of wanting to know if Mac can elevate guys. At the same time, I would also say how many receivers in the league really can elevate guys? You know, let me give you an example. Lamar Jackson's a big talking point in the news right now because of his contract situation. He was just franchise tagged, et cetera. He's been an MVP He's a terrific, I think he's a terrific player. He's better than I thought he was going to be already. I don't know where you'd rank him, but I'd say, can we just all agree he's a maybe a top 10 quarterback? Like, I don't, wherever you want to put him, I don't really care. But like, I would argue he doesn't elevate players. Like, how many guys really elevate players? Like, I, I, I mean, there's like, there's like five quarterbacks in the league that I think truly elevate guys. And, you know, someone, I, I think we would all agree. I don't want to speak for you both that Mac Jones is a limited quarterback. Even if he hits his top potential, he's still not as physically gifted as some of the top quarterbacks in this league. But we knew that as soon as he was drafted before he was drafted. So I kind of, it's like one of those things where Russ, I understand what you're saying. I don't disagree with your logic. I just kind of disagree with the end point because he needs all the help he can get. <laughs> and this team and this team and this team's, Receiver room, which underperformed last year, the, the, the receiver room for the Patriots is not good, but it's it's better than what it showed last year. I it's think solid. it's better, Derek. And it's so no, but, but I have a Russ, counter to this. Solid. But go ahead. I have a, actual okay. a counter to this, and and then I want Steve to jump in here sure. as well. I understand where you're going on this. I'm just saying it's a solid room. It's better yep. than what it showed last year. Underperformed last year. Okay, it's solid. But yep. it does lack it does lack the elite talent because if you look around the league, Russ, every single good team last year has that guy. There's never been more receiver talent in the league. And the Patriots don't have that guy. So as much as I agree with your point, I would also counter it by saying they still do need that guy because everybody, if you're gonna be a good team in this league, like unless you're Patrick Mahomes, to your point, who has MBS, Juju, like 
you know, you have nobody else. He's the gold Except standard. For, oh, by the way, guy. a Hall of Fame tight end, but whatever. Right. So it's like even it's like it's like even when he doesn't have that guy, oh, he kind of does, and has one of the best offensive minds in this generation as a head coach. But See, you're, you're getting going to my point there, Derek. To go along with this, it's the coaching, Derek. So I don't mean to interrupt. No, but I am going to admit that I was dead wrong about the whole coaching thing because I didn't want to admit that the Boston media were right. But coaching matters. Coaching matters. The Patriots made a major mistake by having Matt Patricia and Judge be the gurus for Mac Jones. If you get proper coaching, which we think that he might have now, I think the wide receivers can get better. I think Mac Jones can get better. I don't think the wide receivers are as bad as you think they are. And I'll argue, besides having Randy Moss, now name me an elite wide receiver the Patriots have had over the past 20 years. Unless you want to talk to me about Wes Welker, you want to talk to me about Julian Edelman, that's great. Deion Branch, they were good wide receivers. They were never number one receivers, and they won six Super Bowls. Counter that. You want me to literally counter it? or Yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay, well, do you think that it would have hurt them? I mean, was it they had Randy Moss and they were 13 seconds from winning a winning a Super Bowl? But you know, I mean, whatever. I, 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 I mean, I would argue, I would argue that Wes Welker literally elevated the slot position of of, of wide receivers to a different level because of his numbers. He's only yep. discredited in New England because because he had the drop, which was a terrible throw by Tom Brady, but whatever. And then, oh, Julian Edelman, I don't know, had only some of the best postseason numbers of all time, but I guess yeah. he wasn't the number one receiver after all. I mean, I mean, Russ, like, like somewhere, sometimes it's just like bring it back to the middle a little bit. It's like, it's like, yeah, I get your point, but to Kevin O'Malley's point, who's listening, and I appreciate his comments, yep. he's saying, you know, they need guys who can get open and – you know, someone other than Jacoby Myers. Yep. I agree. It has to, they, yep. they, 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 you can still add talent and find the answer to your question. Like, yep. does Justin Jefferson elevate Kirk Cousins? Yep. Yes. Yes. Yep. But you can also, I, I see Justin Jefferson and I can also see that Kirk Cousins is limited. You, okay. You can do well, both. Okay. So to Kevin's point, Kevin, next time you want to comment and say it's a lame argument, do your own podcast. Okay, okay. Your, I like Kevin. I don't uh, know what you're you 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 No, that's fine. He can disagree with me, but how is it a lame argument? Do your own podcast. Because I think it's I, I I just I just think it's a little too strong one direction, which is typical, typical, but I would just say I, I just think I, I just think that both that's can fine. be true. He can disagree with me, but it's not a lame argument. Do you think it's a lame argument, Derek? No, I just think it's a little too strong on one side. Okay. I just think I, I got like I said. I, I've said the entire time. I told you yesterday. I'm telling you right now. I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. I'm just like I. I just don't. I just think you can have both. I don't know, Steve. What do you think? Talk some sense into one of us. Okay. Well, and and my point to this is, coaching is extremely important. We right. saw what the lack of that will do last year. But as we all said throughout the season, regardless of the coaching. It wasn't a Super Bowl team because you didn't have the people around your quarterback that were going to be able to come through a crunch time, coaching or not. And I think that, yeah, I understand what you're saying. You want to see what they have in Mac Jones. Right. But unless you give him the weapons around him to where he's going to be able to compete for a Super Bowl, 
then you don't know if he's going to be that guy. I mean, Tom Brady is the outlier there because Tom Brady was special and he made the players around him better. Right. But, uh, you know, at the same time, Wes Welker was putting up 100 catches a year and he wasn't highly thought of because he didn't fit that mold around the NFL. Right. But we all knew that during that time frame, he was the number one receiver, just like Julian Edelman was. Sure, they they the were number one receivers in the Patriots system and in their organization. Just the but the fact of the matter was, the the league didn't look upon them because they were smaller, yep. you know, not incredibly fast guys, and they played out of the slot, which the league has always kind of, you know, uh, devalued the slot receiver. Now th- that is beginning to change. You see guys like. You know, Debo, Brandon Ayuk, guys like that. I mean, who just, they're incredible when they work out of the slot. So, and I, I agree with you. I think, you know, uh, if, do they need a number one wide receiver? I just think, you know, when you look at this Patriots offense, the way it's always traditionally worked, they've always had that dynamic guy out of the slot. That's right. Julian Edelman. You know, Wes Walker, before him, Troy Brown. I mean, Troy Brown caught 100 passes one season. You know, it, it's you have to have that guy with this offense. And, I, you know, I'm kind of on the fence about DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's still – I think when he's healthy, he's still a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. And could you use a guy like that? Hell yeah. But my question is – you know, when you're looking at what you're going to have to give up to get him and the money situation, because he wants to get paid, you can make arguments against that. But I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really, you know, Hopkins my, myself. But. Well, I'm just saying, yeah. I'm just using him as. No, no, yeah, of course. Because he, you know, he's been the guy that's been frequently mentioned. Sure. Uh, you know, this offseason. But I think you have to put your quarterback in the best position to win. And you were talking about Josh Allen. Yep. And, you know, when I look at him, uh, he's not in the best, best position to win because he is not only their quarterback who's expected to throw 35 to 40 touchdowns every year, so running but back. he's also the leading ground game, you know, <laughs> for, for the team. Yeah, and you can't have that. Sport. <laughs> you know, they, they, they did not supply him with the weapons he needs to have a, at least – a complimentary running game because he is the running game as well as the passing game. And I think you're putting way too much on some guy's plate. Okay. And, you know, and, and go back to Baltimore and, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson. I mean, right. They haven't had great wide receivers on that team either. No. De- Derek and I were talking about that yesterday offline. No one you talks know, about they how have, bad the Ravens are drafting and developing wide receivers. No yeah, one talks and, about it. And, you know, they have a great tight end, you know. But, um, you know, and again, their running game, you know, this year was a little different, but their running game is pr- predicated on Lamar. And that's only going to take you to that certain level because teams will be able to figure out how to slow that down. But, no, I, I really think they need to get Mac Jones – better weapons and better utilize them. And I think Bill O'Brien will do a very much better job of that. We've well, seen you know, him and, do and, that. And to, the, and to your DeAndre Hopkins point, just because I know it's a talking point for the team, Russ, I don't know where you fall on. I, yeah, I guess I kind of do because you 
don't want them to no, I, improve I don't, the room. I don't want I don't want DeAndre Hopkins. I don't want T. Higgins. You name the wide receiver. I don't want him. Name Here's me a my... slot receiver. I'm all in. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think they could do both. But yeah, no, I agree with you um, on that. I would just say for DeAndre Hopkins specifically, the reason that I kind of lean. And by the way, I do agree with Kevin on this. I'm sharing this comment. Sorry, I, didn't mean I don't want them. To I don't want them to trade for wide receiver. Rather, see them draft their slot receiver to take coverage away our t- tight ends and wide receivers. So Kevin, me, and you do agree on this point. Yeah, no. And, and I think, I think Jacoby, I think Jacoby does get open and catch the ball, but I think they could use a little bit more explosion. They've done better in, um, you know, with more athletic slot guys. So you could have both. So I agree with you, Kevin and um, you know, Russ as well. I, the, the reason I've, I, I'm saying just for hype, you know, just, just because people are interested in DeAndre Hopkins, the reason I'm not as crazy about him is because, He's 31. He is someone that won't be able to grow with Mac Jones long-term. I I could care less about him and Bill O'Brien's spat. Like that's, that's so, that's so off to the side. doesn't even matter. He's one suspension away from being suspended for an entire year. Not, I don't think he's a bad guy. He just had the, he's had the PED thing, you know, before. And honestly, I just don't think this team is good enough. Like it, it's kind of a similar conversation to when I, we when we were talking about Cam Newton. I just don't think they're a receiver away. So I'm not a, a team that's rebuilding and needs a lot of things. I'm not yep. going to invest a first or second round draft pick in a guy who's going to be here for two or three years. It, it, it's not yep. realistic. But if you're telling me the Patriots could get DeAndre Hopkins for a third round pick, I'd say yeah, sure. Go ahead, because there's no doubt Mac would benefit from having a guy like that. He's a, he's a terrific player. But I also know that a third round pick's not really that realistic, and someone's probably going to give up more. So for me, it's just like I, I, I just think they need to set their sights on somebody else. Uh, Russ, to your point, T. Higgins. I think T. Higgins is a good player. I'd be interested in him, but I'm not really giving. I don't know if I'm really giving up a first rounder for him because I think he's good, not great. I don't think he's AJ Brown. I don't think he's, uh, you know, Devonte Adams. Some of these guys that have moved around for high draft picks. I think he's a really good player. If he's available next year and they have the cap space, I'd be interested. Okay. I just don't know if I'm really trading a lot of high assets for a guy who I think is a pretty good player. I don't know what Steve. And, and I, I honestly, I don't see Cincinnati trading him. I don't well, see. So, I don't see why either. Well, let me ask you guys because. They did make a trade last year. Why has everyone given up on Devontae Parker? Why? Please I mean, answer I mean, what, that question, Do you Derek. expect – ex- let me ask you this. Do you expect more from Devontae Parker than you got last year? Yes, I absolutely do. I expect no, more I, from I think, him. I, I expect more from Kendrick Bourne. I expect well, more from every receiver. I don't expect anything of, more from Devontae Parker than we got last year. Last year was exactly think, what I we think, thought we were yeah, going to get. I think you should expect more from all the players across the board because, as sure. we talked about earlier, coaching, coaching w- matters will help with that. Oh, I, I, I don't. I, I agree I, with all of that. I'm just telling you, Devontae Parker did exactly what yeah, we thought he was going to do last yeah, year. Yeah, I, I don't see a significant increase with him. Yeah. The guy I still think we could see a significant increase from his um, um, Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne. Yes. Yeah, he's because the, he's, he's I one thought of the it was criminal that, the way they used him last year. I agree. Well, we saw it. It's just like with Mac Jones, Steve, we saw it the year prior. It's not like we're making it up. We're not just no. being like, we're, we're like, where, why is it Kendrick? Why is Kendrick Bourne getting 26% of the snaps this week? We don't know. I still don't know. This understand. is why coaching well, matters. He was in the doghouse. Coaching matters. 
he was in the doghouse since training camp. And they, you know, I, I think at that point, okay, the guy's late for a meeting and you're going to sit him on the bench for 16 games. I mean, I think that's ridiculous. And, you know, he's a guy now, again, you, you talk about a slot guy, uh, you know, maybe use him in and out of the slot a little bit. I think they need to use, uh, I thought their usage of, you know, uh, Tyquan Thornton was completely off the rails last year because you draft a guy that has absolute blistering speed and then you don't use it. And it's, <laughs> I just don't get it. I mean, and, you know, I, I don't want to keep harping on Matt Patricia or whatnot, but I just thought that their usage of him was not the way I expected them to use him last year. They just got and it wrong. I, you know, I think that is imperative. Now, you yeah. have a speed guy, you know, uh, in, in Thornton. Okay. Start taking advantage of that. And well, the same, you have a, a guy that's a playmaker because we saw it with Kendrick Bourne. Right. And start taking advantage of that. And but, but Steve, I'll go even further than that. And I'm sorry to interrupt because right I think ahead. this is the crux of where I go on with the number one receiver. You and I talked about needing a slot receiver. We also talked about needing that Kevin Falk running back. You think it's going to be Pierre Strong, right? You That third down back. You think it's going to be Pierre Strong. Also, and Derek, I want to get your thoughts on this because I think coaching does matter. I got it all wrong last year. I think – we will finally see Jonu Smith show the type of <laughs> ability that we're all doubting right now. I think that you're going to see a different player. Well, and, and again, that, that goes to coaching. I'd like to tell you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, that, that goes to coaching as well. I mean, that was one of the things O'Brien liked to do back. And I'm not saying that Henry and Jonu Smith are the equal of the guys from 2010, 2011 time no. frame. Uh, not saying that, but he, you know, he built the system to utilize their talents. In That's right. Ways That's why I to think get those guys open. Because I mean, I don't know. You know, I go back to that 2011 season where they had a terrible defense and still went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And you know, as ridiculous Aaron Hernandez, I thought had a tremendous season that year. He did. He did. And he did. because O'Brien found ways to scheme him open and, you know, there was, you know, and, and granted he was a talented football player, you know, um, all the off field stuff aside, he was a talented football player, but I think they can do the same thing with these guys. Um, okay. You know, right. and, and it will remain to be seen, but I, I, I do think co like you said, Russ coaching comes into it Yeah, and uh, you know, the way you use your players, but I do think they, they need, some additional talent at wide receiver. I'm okay. not saying it has to be a DeAndre Hopkins or whoever, but I do think they need more talent there. And and the way they use that talent will ultimately decide how far they go because I'm not convinced uh, Jacoby Myers is coming back. And maybe yeah. that's one of your um, uh, talking points later on in the show. But. Yeah. But I'm but Russ, in all seriousness, to your point, I yep. the only and I'll and this is part of Steve's uh, point here too. The only reason I have even a sliver of hope that Johnu Smith will be better this year is because of Bill O'Brien's offense. Right, that's where I'm going, Derek. That's yeah. where I'm going because I've only seen coaches chance. elevate players. I've seen it. We've seen it. 
Well, we we I know he's a better player than what he's shown the last two right. years because he did it already in the NFL. So it's just I just don't know why it's just not happening here. It's just the first year it looked so forced and so clumsy and clunky, clunky. and clunky. Yeah, yeah. And, and last year and last Even year it was more clunky. Yeah, it just just the whole thing. I mean, I. I just they, it's hard. It's never hard to really like, judge anything on offense because you had guys bumping into each other every two yeah, seconds, right. fifteen yards down the field. You know right. the, the the offense last year, and again I'm harping on Matt Patricia, and I said I wasn't going to do it, but you know we, we never had like sixty minutes of everybody meshing together. Right. Nope. It seemed like nothing was all. It seemed like everything was hard. Now there'd be parts of games, sometimes almost the whole game, where. You know, you could see there was the players are, you know, better than the sum of their parts at times, um, you know, but it, it was just it was never a smooth operation. And they need to get back to that. And to Chris's point, would I trade for Jerry Judy? Absolutely. But what would be Denver's motivation for trading a young, talented player like him? They just hired an offensive minded coach. And he's to me, he's a wide receiver. He's a young guy. Even with that awful offense they had last year, he almost had a thousand yards receiving. Yeah. He's the kind of guy you can build around, I think. Okay. You know, sure. so uh, I mean, would I trade for him? I would, but I don't think Denver would. Okay, good stuff. All right. Coming up next to end the show, we're going to talk about what we think the Patriots could do and maybe should do in free agency. Okay, guys, we got about 15 minutes left, so let's get to it. Let's not waste any time. It was actually the name of the show because we're talking about free agencies <laughs> around the corner. So, Steve, I'll go to you first. I'm putting you in the shoes of Belichick. It's free agencies about to start. Where do you go first? What do you do? Well, I mean, I kicked the tires on a bunch of uh, tackles that are out there. I mean, and see, you know, what the money situation is going to be. But, I mean – there's there's several tackles I would sign, um, and it, it all depends on the money and whether or not they even want to come to New England. Some of these right. guys are established bets, and you know maybe they feel like the Patriots aren't as close to a Super Bowl as some other team, and at this stage of their career, maybe they want to go someplace where they have a shot at it. But I mean, you could sell me, you know, for a guy like Orlando Brown. I mean, you know, um, Derek, uh, about a month or so ago, mentioned McClinchy out of San Francisco as a right tackle. Um, You know, uh, you could sell me on either one of those guys. And, you know, I think, you know, if I'm Bill Belichick, you know you have issues at offensive tackle and your whole offense predicates your quarterback has to stay upright. And I think the Patriots were – I think 26th and, you know, pass rush rate against. So that's not good. I think okay. tackle, you know, you have to look at that, see what's out there with, uh, I, you know, wide receivers. There's not great wide receivers in, uh, in free agency. So maybe that's not going to be the answer, but in free agency, maybe see what's out there at cornerback or safety, depending on if Devin McCourty, decides to retire or not. Although Derek and I talked about this offline yesterday as well. Yeah. I think the longer the time goes by, I think the more 
apt he might be about returning for one more. Mm-hmm. Okay, good yep. stuff. Steve, this is uh, your friend that we got some information on. So before I go to Derek, this is what he actually emailed to you, and we're sharing Michael this Rubin, on the yeah. show. Great guy. That's offense. Not enough reliable offensive linemen equals not enough offense. Do you agree with that? Are you asking me? Oh, I was asking Steve. Sorry. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I, I totally agree with him. him I totally do. Him too, and man. I uh, email each other all through the season. And he's a great dude. He's from Gloucester, Mass. So, uh, yep. Gloucester. Thanks, Michael, for always being there. And the you fishing know, uh, capital of America. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. I mean, okay. the offensive linemen ha- had a very rough year. Uh, I think their level of play was not what the Patriots were looking for, plus the injuries they suffered. But I don't think it's a total lost cause. I, you know, with a full-time offensive line coach now, you know, um, let's see if he can elevate those guys. And, again, you, you sign a guy like Orlando Brown, and it, I'm just saying that, for instance, yeah. if you sign him as the left tackle, maybe you move Trent Brown to right tackle where it seemed like he was more comfortable. Okay, interesting stuff. Derek, thoughts on this? Feel free to share your thoughts on talking about the offensive line. I found that statement pretty interesting, so I wanted to share that. Also, what would you do in free agency first? Um, I'll start with the offensive line. First thing, I totally agree with that statement a 1,000%. Um, just like Chris, uh, I, I think. Uh, what was your friend's name, Steve, that emailed in? Michael Rubin. Michael, uh, Michael, yes, Michael, I totally thank you, agree Michael, with you. for sharing that. Yes, I, I hope you didn't mind me using his name on. No, it's, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. Thanks, Michael. Anyways, but we do appreciate you uh, listening and uh, contributing, and I, I do agree. I mean, look, I mean Isaiah Wynn was a rotating door. Uh, Trent Brown was inconsistent. Cole Strange was benched three different times. I mean, he was fine. I think over on the balance, Cole Strange was fine, but it was okay. I mean, David Andrews and Mike Onwenu were the only two consistents, but when you that's only forty percent of your offensive line. <laughs> so, I mean, when you when you when you talk about you know what starts starting up front in the trenches, I mean they 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 were literally kind of um, you know in front of the gun from the moment that they snapped the ball. Uh, just because of their offensive line issues up front. But Russ, to your point of what to do in free agency, um, first thing I would do is I would throw a bunch of money in a bag and then hurl it to one of the big tackles uh, in free agency. (laughs) I I, I think that McGlinchey is by far to me the best the best tackle on, I think he's way better than the other options there, but he's also going to command the most money. I mean, you're going to have to give him the five year, hundred million dollar contract. I mean, that's, that's, that's what you're going to give him. And, you know, I think Juwan Taylor, the tackle for the Jaguars is an option. Orlando Brown is an option too, but I don't think, I think he's honestly, he's going to be, you're going to overpay for him and it's really going to show. Um, but I think they need to, I think they need to throw money at one of the offensive tackles. Uh, and that would be where I'd start Kevin O'Malley <clears throat> earlier. Yep. Uh, if I can find the I'll, comment, no, I'll, I'll find it there. Go, go ahead. It's right here. Um, yep. he, you know, the team that needs an athletic linebacker, I would, I think someone that is actually a free agent from their own division, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, uh, mm-hmm. or is it Edmonds or Edwards Edmonds, I think, mm-hmm. um, the linebacker for the Bills, I think he really would be good fantastic. Um, I think I think pairing him with Jawan Bentley, 
would be a terrific combo because Bentley's more of your traditional plug and play middle linebacker kind of stuff the run does a lot of things that bill wants him to do where tremaine can line up with tight ends can move around roam side to side a little bit more i just think that he would give you a good amount of athleticism now the only caveat i'd say against my own argument my own my own statement would be Steve and I also talked about this in our our long phone call yesterday, which I always <laughs> enjoy. Steve just Steve and I just talking football for like an hour. Um, was Jabril Peppers had a tremendous second half of the season last year? He's a free agent. If he comes back, he could probably do a lot of those things for probably a lot less money. So I wonder if that could be a factor as well. I'm not as worried about free agent wide receiver. I think that they the room they have is fine. If something comes up better in a trade. I think they'd consider it, but honestly, I, I just don't see a receiver that's coming out. That's going to be a really big addition. I think they need to focus on getting an athletic linebacker, like Kevin mentioned and throwing a lot of money at a tackle. I think they have to, even if they want to draft a tackle in the first round, I think they have to sign one of the bigger tackles or Absolutely. I think they're putting themselves behind the eight ball before the season starts. Okay, good stuff. I'm going to share another topic for us from your friend, Steve, and it's mm-hmm. an interesting one, okay? So this is about Mac Jones. Mac Jones, babblers and scribblers, contingent certain that they know his floor ceiling now. So we're kind of already talking about it. I think you already said, Derek, we kind of know that he has limited ability. Do we know this? Do we know that Mac Jones is limited to what he could be? Steve, do we know that Listen, he is never going to be a runner, and I think that's no. where you guys are going with this. He's never going to be a runner. Yeah. Neither was – I hate to bring up Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, but they were not runners. No. So, But, but we do know But we do know he's somewhat limited. I mean, yeah, somewhat I limited. Mean, we, we know he's not going to be Lamar Jackson. Okay. <laughs> and we but, know he's not going to be Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. Like We, we know he doesn't have that arm talent. Like it's, right. it, that's, but, that's, that's, a, that's an obvious thing. As to his ceiling, yes, we don't know that. Yeah, you know, and when when uh, Mike was talking about babblers and scribblers, yep. he was talking about the Boston media, who, as we all know, Russ loves and I do, and, I, of course, and, I do. and talks about all the time. So, of course, that's where that's where that came from. Um, no, but no, I, I, I mean, I, we I don't know his ceiling yet. I mean, you know, we saw glimpses of what he could become in his rookie season. And I think you just have to take last year and throw it out. Yeah, I mean, I, too, I agree. Too many things went. And, you know, I think this is a big year for Matt because he oh, has a good offensive coordinator now. I think he has uh, a guy that's going to put the pieces around him where they should be a heck of a lot better than they were. Now, again, you know, health always plays into that. If you start having guys drop like flies, then, you know, it, that is – going to obviously impact that but this should be a really big year for him and i think having o'brien is going to fill him with confidence going into this year okay so derek i want to get your thoughts because this goes back to my initial topic when we're talking about wide receiver this is i want to know what his ceiling is i want him to reach his ceiling what is it i don't know i don't think any of us know you guys have already talked about maybe limited arm strength you were talking about that doesn't mean that he still can't be a very good quarterback in the league. Dare I say, be an elite quarterback in the league, because you don't have to have the biggest arm 
to be able to make all the throws. You can still make all the throws. It can be with your head. Is yeah. he the smartest quarterback? So I don't know that. that. This is one of the reasons why I don't want them to just give him that number one receiver because I don't know if he truly is that guy or not, Derek. I want to find out. Well, and I think we you and I have talked we, about that. I want to find size, out. The sample size is honestly just too small. We know that he was better than he was last year because he was his rookie year. Now, you can debate how much how good he was in his rookie year if you want to, <clears throat> but the results are the results. And he was better his first year than his second. Now his second year was broken and there was a lot of, a lot of factors, right? I think he can be better than Kirk cousins. He might just be someone like that. Who's kind of like a middling quarterback. He could be worse. I'm not sure. You know, I, I, uh, of all the negatives on, I, I, I do like Mac. I think that he has a chance to be a good solid player, but you know, he didn't handle last year well, and we've talked about this. Yep. And, you know, you have to be if, at that position. You need to be a leader and you need to be, you know, consistent and, and, and even keeled. And he wasn't that last year, but I also don't necessarily blame him either. So it's like, it's a weird situation. I'm hoping him and Bill O'Brien um, can kind of get back on track here. Um, I So, yeah, we don't know what his floor or his ceiling is. I, I feel pretty confident saying that he can play in the league and i feel pretty confident saying that he's not going to be a top five quarterback but but other than that i don't i don't really know i mean how can you really say anything i i I mean i i i just think that bill needs to put mac in a better position to succeed than he than he was last year and i would just and i would just like to see him to russ's point to start the show i just want to see him try to grow and build from last year and get back on track because we saw it the first year last year we didn't. And so, it, I mean, ult- unfortunately it, the situation nowadays is that when you draft a quarterback in the first round or any player, you have to decide on that fifth year option after the third year. Right. So the, we're, this is a huge evaluation year and it, cha- it totally changes the direction of the franchise in terms of whether you're going to build with him and in a year from then, so two years from now, giving him 40 to $50 million annually or cutting ties and reinvesting in the first round to another quarterback. I mean, it's a big shift. So what, what's going to happen with him? I'm not sure, but I certainly hope that we don't have more questions and answers like we did this offseason after last season. Okay. To end the show, I just want to bring up this bonus topic. It goes along with what we're talking about. It involves when things I think really went wrong with the whole coaching staff with Mac Jones and especially with Patricia and judge. This is where it all went wrong guys. And I'm going to put the Patriots fans in this conversation too. the one game where it all went wrong was when the fans were chiming for Bailey Zappi. That's when this all went down against the bears. That's when it all exploded. And honestly, I don't think Mac Jones ever fully recovered from that. He was bad in that game. He was very bad in that game. But the decision to go to Bailey Zappi, looking back at it, I think it was a mistake, guys. And I think it might have affected the rest of the season. But beyond that, I think it really started with the coaches. The coaches, set, believe it or not, I think set up Bailey Zappi to succeed and Mac Jones to fail. I can't believe I'm saying that. Derek, that's how it feels. Well, we said that for 16 weeks last year. So, yeah, yeah. 
What do you think? <clears throat> so, and I'm sure you're going to love this, Russ. Go ahead. Of course. What do we so, think yeah. about Lamar Jackson? I don't even mean with him with the Patriots, although I don't think it's necessarily 100% off the table, but I would yep. put it at like 1%. Well, um, I, I, I feel pretty right. confident saying they're not going to trade for Lamar Jackson. But sure. what do you think about the situation with him? Because I find it fascinating. Um, it's pretty clear he's trying to dig his heels in and try to get the full guaranteed contract like Deshaun yep. Watson did. Yeah, I think that a lot, of, a lot of people are like, well, why is he getting disrespected? Why are so many teams out on him. And I think the answer is simply collusion <laughs> between the owners, just because they were pissed at Jimmy Haslam for doing what they did for Deshaun Watson, because they don't want to go down the NBA route where they yeah. fully guarantee all these contracts. Um, I also, I, I think Lamar Jackson's a terrific player, but, I do too. but at the same time, I would say the same thing, Steve, going back to what we, we talked about yesterday, I, I, I think at the same time, I would say the same thing about Lamar Jackson that I would say about Justin Herbert. Why doesn't he win more? Like he wins more. He wins in the regular season. I think he's like 45 and 16 or he he, he wins three or four to one, whatever, whatever that ratio is. He wins games, but he has the same amount of playoff wins as Daniel Jones. So, I mean, you tell me, I mean, is he, like, is he worth $230 million guaranteed? I guess that depends on the market. Right. But yeah. I, I think the whole situation with Lamar's fascinating because he's a terrific player. He's been an MVP. Um, I think he's a good leader. People clearly around the, I've seen a lot of players tweet. He's clearly well-respected around the league as well. He right. should be, uh, you know, and, and, and he can feel like he's worth whatever he is. But I think the situation is fascinating because, I would put him, you know, probably somewhere in the eight to ten range of quarterbacks. You know, maybe maybe a little higher. I don't know. I have to really think about it for a second. I'm just speaking off the cuff, you know. But you know, it's like he hasn't. He, I still think that there's been plenty of situations with him where he hasn't. And I would say the same for the Ravens team in general. I don't want to put it all on him. They haven't really won as much as they probably should have. You know, two years ago they had a lot of injuries. Yep. Last year there was a couple other issues, but they really haven't put it together yet. I just think the situation to me is really interesting. And I think that there's between Lamar Jackson's contract and Aaron Rodgers, those two things are holding up a lot of things in the league right now. I'm just curious on your guys' thoughts on that. Okay. Well, I, I think you know when you look at some of the contract and guaranteed money that some of the other quarterbacks got and then you're looking at Lamar Jackson, I think he deserves a lot more guaranteed money than some of these other guys. Sure. And, you know, when I look at him, again, yeah, you know, I think you made a lot of good points with him. But, you know, I'll go back to what you said. Justin Herbert has been Mr. Teflon because – you know, and don't get me wrong. I think he is a tremendous quarterback, but he never gets any flack when they lose ever, you know. And, you know, I, I just think that some of these quarterbacks, I don't know what it is. They they get like the national media, like circles the wagons around some of these guys, and some of them don't. And so I, I don't know. Um, but – you know, Lamar Jackson, I think, yeah, like you said, Derek, eight uh, top eight to ten quarterback. I mean, that's a guy that can win you a championship if you have the right pieces around him and the right coaching. And, as you know, with all the talk about Bill not being able to develop wide receivers, look at what Baltimore's done. Right. You know. 
So it's not all on Lamar, but I, I, I do agree with you. I think there's a little bit of collusion there, but that isn't going to last. If a team is that hurting for a quarterback that they need one, somebody's going to open the checkbook. Because, I, you know, if I was a team that didn't have a quarterback, like say the, the situation New England was in a couple of years ago after Brady retired, I, would I be opening the checkbook to Lamar right now? Oh, yeah, baby. Okay. Good stuff. I'll just share quickly, and then we got to wrap this up, that uh, I don't know if you guys remember this, but I wanted the Patriots to draft Lamar Jackson, and uh, I actually did. And, yeah, you uh, did, and I was wrong on him a little bit. I mean, yeah, he's, he he's, actually, he's better He's better than what I thought he was going to be. The exactly. only thing I will say, Derek, to your point about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, mm-hmm. different co- type of quarterback, but I think they're great regular season teams and and I think he's a great regular season quarterback. It's a little he's got a little bit of Peyton Manning in him when, when they get to the playoffs. I don't know why. But there's something that doesn't transfer when they get to the playoffs. He just hasn't shown it. But we'll see. I mean I still believe in Lamar Jackson. I think he's a great quarterback. I'll just I think ultimate I, I have to go back and look at the games, but I think one of the problems with Lamar, and this is not really well I shouldn't say with Lamar, with Baltimore, I should say is that it goes back to something that we talk about. People talk about the Ravens like a well-oiled machine, and I do respect them as a franchise. I think they do a lot of things right. Yep. But something that we just talked about earlier, something that doesn't get talked about, or at least not at all, or not not often, is they can't draft and develop receivers. Their best yep. player in the passing game is Mark Andrews, who's a terrific tight end. I mean, solid player all around. But when you have a running quarterback that – can throw. He misses some throws, but he obviously he can throw too. I'm not. I'm not discrediting his arm talent. He's not a running back that throws. He, but he is a tremendous running player. Is when you can't put up a lot of points through the air, it's hard to score, and that's what the game is right now. And so when you look about, when you look around, all the teams in the AFC that can put up points. Yeah, I mean, it's it's gonna be tough for Baltimore to win. I mean, ultimately, that's what it is. So, I mean. I don't know. I think I just think that situation's fascinating. I'd say quickly. I've got Russ. I know you have to leave, but yep. I'd say quickly. The Jets quarterback situation is fascinating. Him with the Aaron Rodgers. I thought it was kind of funny while I was gone that they told Derek Carr, "Hey, we're interested. We want Aaron Rodgers more, so we're gonna wait." Derek or Derek Carr said, "Hey, I'm going to I'm going to New Orleans." Uh, but if the Jets get Aaron Rodgers, that would certainly shake up the division a little bit. I don't think Rodgers has much left, but it certainly would make the Jets a borderline contender because they, they've they done a nice job building up around him. So that's something interesting from a Patriots standpoint. But, um, you know, yeah. Steve and I will be uh, starting our draft breakdowns next week probably. So Sure. No worries. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Patriots 4th and 2. As always, please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a review and also Please do subscribe on the PatsFans.com YouTube channel. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. For Steve and Derek, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast, PatsFans.com.